I rarely read my company's newsletters. But this time I have to say I was really lucky to do so because this is how I get to know about Milita's story. Milita Rana is a digital consultant at Siemens based in the US and recently an ultra runner. In this episode of Into Cold Water, Milita shared her story about how she has overcome major challenges in her life like poverty and gender disparity in her home country India to how is she now trying to break the bias when it comes to equity and inclusion for women of color in business and sports. This is Into Cold Water. Hello, hello, Milita. Happy to have you here with us today. I was just thinking, when was the last time we saw each other? Before you switched jobs, I think. <laughs> You're probably... No, actually, wait. I, I think last time we saw each other was... Definitely before COVID, and I'm just trying to remember while I, while I speak. It was definitely before COVID when we did our last offside back here in Munich in this yeah, nice I, hotel. Yeah, remember? Yeah, it's been a really really long time, and yeah. uh, it's so happy. To, it's so nice to see you again, and uh, even more delightful to be on this podcast with you to have this conversation. The pleasure is all mine, and. I remember when I read your newsletter, which I, I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of newsletters. I don't tend to read them, to be honest, but I was really lucky to, to read yours. And it was this moment of in these few lines that uh, you shared part of uh, who you are, where you come from, that I found truly inspiration, Milita, I have to say, in your story. And that is, of course, the reason that I say I want to have this deeper conversation with you just to learn more from your story, just to learn more from who you are and so on and so forth. So I'm really looking forward to our session today. And again, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, that's so kind of you. And I am so happy that you read it. I was writing my story. I was like, who's going to read it? Even <laughs> yeah. if I'm able to touch one person's. Uh, journey or inspire one person, my my job is done here, right? Telling my story. So I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that. Very nice. I would say, Milita, why don't you share with us part of what you wrote down in this newsletter? Part of your sure, absolutely. So I was born and brought up in India. Um, I grew up with very limited means. Uh, what do I mean by that? I grew up below the poverty line. Uh, we did not even have access to electricity or clean water or basic, um, uh, you know, commodities such as that on a regular basis. We didn't even have access to bathrooms inside our homes. Um, my father quit his education in his 10th grade after his father passed away and uh, took up the job of pulling carts in a factory to support our family. Uh, my parents, both my parents, my dad and my mom worked really, really hard, uh, working several jobs to make ends meet. But the biggest thing that they focused on for their two daughters, which is me and my sister, was to ensure that they provided education to both of, both of us. They emphasized education so much because they themselves were not educated, right? And this is what made me what I am today. Um, so I studied engineering in India, worked for technology companies like IBM, then moved to the US in 2012 with my husband when he was asked to relocate with his job. I was faced with the very difficult decision of quitting my career back in India, accompanying my husband to be with him, and I'll talk a bit about gender disparity later. Um, but I made the tough decision of quitting my job, moving to the US, pursued my MBA and restarted my career. And that's where I am today. Um, today, I'm a senior consultant with Siemens Adventa in the US uh, in kind of where my journey has led to. Um, however, there are two specific things that have shaped this entire journey uh, with the undertone of primarily poverty that I touched upon earlier and the bigger undertone of gender disparity. Um, so growing up, I saw a lot of gender diversity in the way my mother's education was deprioritized as compared to her brother's education, my uh, mother having to quit her education and becoming a housewife, uh, my parents being ostracized for uh, giving us education, uh, you know, as daughters, while all uh, my dad's family 
deprioritized their uh, daughter's education and got them married off at like teen ages of 16 and 17. So a lot of this has shaped me to be what I am today. Yeah. And I would say, Milita, there's no escape from uh, us being shaped by our past experiences. Those moments definitely play a huge role in who we are, who we become, how do we think, what do we think, how do we perceive the world in general, right? And what I also truly believe in is that if it's, I mean, whatever kind of experience or situation you're going through, there's always a learning behind. Also, if we dare and if we are open enough and humble enough to see it that way. How will you describe your journey so far, Milita? It's been a roller coaster, right? So why do I call it a roller coaster? There's been tons of ups, but there have been uh, the same amount or more of downs that I have seen uh, being a woman, being a woman of color, um, trying to create a space for myself mm-hmm. um, in uh, in a profession where there are not many women. If you see my journey, even in my professional uh, career, there are not a lot of women in, in the jobs that I have had so far. Mm-hmm. So the journey has been uh, built with lots of ups and downs, but I would say that has made me even a stronger person. Yeah. yeah. And I also... I will even dare to go a bit beyond that, Milita, and think about that's what makes life, uh, yeah, fun in a way. I mean, going. Not this- sure if it's fun, but I'm in Yes, totally, totally agreed. And I can. Uh, the other aspect of it is I am also a runner, as you know, um, yeah. and I specifically uh, uh, have learned a lot from my low points as a runner. Right when I hit those low points, when I'm feeling miserable, I'm, I'm uh, like I'm falling apart, and then I pull myself up together, and then say, "This is the last mile of my marathon, and I gotta finish it. I gotta finish it strong." Right. So totally, I do appreciate my lows more yeah. than I have appreciated my highs. And what have been one of the most meaningful learnings you've got from these lows? Yeah. Um, so there is actually a quote, I don't remember uh, exactly, but they say that just when you're feeling like you have hit your rock bottom, that's when you got to pick yourself up and because success is right around the corner. Yeah. And I, that's been my biggest uh, takeaway is pick yourself up. Do not give up. Don't stop. That's what I say. Don't give up. Don't stop. Yeah there is always light at the end of the tunnel there is always success at the corner you just got to power through that mental hurdle it's it's mostly a mental hurdle that you need to yeah. power through pick yourself up and then keep going yeah and you know what is the best part of hitting uh, rock bottom milita is that you cannot <laughs> go beyond that you cannot go further than that the only way is to go up to go up yeah exactly yeah, yeah. pure yeah. physics only go up right and that exactly reminds me of my first marathon because I hit complete rock bottom and I never thought I would finish it. So when I finished it, I was like, okay, I finished so miserably. It's always going to be better <laughs> from here. Let's just keep going instead of saying I finished miserably. I'm never going to do another one in my entire life. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You hit rock bottom in that case. And the only way is to go up. There's no other way. And now you're doing ultra marathon, so there you go. <laughs> um, Milita, I want to touch upon two topics which are really interesting, and those are diversity and gender disparity. Not only in sports, and I know that we're going to talk about it in some minutes now, but I would like to focus now a bit more on your professional career. So what have you experienced around diversity and gender disparity um yes i've seen a lot of ups and downs in my professional career um throughout my professional journey in the u.s i have witnessed several biases against women and especially against women of color from not being accepted in the workplace Mm -hmm. as a young woman of color trying to you know do a job 
not getting promoted. So bias against, uh, uh, you know, performance reviews against being promoted, being yeah. rewarded, being acknowledged. I have seen several of them or, you know, I've seen my friends or my, uh, you know, colleagues going through several of those biases. And uh, uh, I, I just want to uh, touch upon a few um, research points yeah. that I recently took from a study as I was um, looking through where where do we stand now? Uh-huh. Okay. Gender, uh, gender equality standpoint. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the World Economic Forum study in 2021 reported that the global gender gap is not expected to close for another 136 years, yeah? Okay. And the COVID-19 pandemic has increased this time from 100 years, according to the uh, World Global Gender uh, Gap Report. So it has basically extended this this gap even more because of COVID-19, as you so know that women have taken a step back from the workforce, the great resignation, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And certain biases that I want to touch upon from a research standpoint, Research shows that 42% of women experience gender discrimination at work. Five of the 14 top barriers women face in the workplace are related to discrimination and gender bias. Both men and women, note here, women as well, are twice as likely to hire a male candidate as opposed to a female. Women are 25 to 46% more likely to be hired with blind applications or auditions. Half of men believe women are well represented at their company when 90% of senior leaders are men. And men are 30% more likely to obtain managerial roles. I think these research points, just because I've seen most of them personally, especially the second last one that I said, half of men believe women are well represented at their company. In one of my journeys, professional journeys so far, uh, when we were doing... um, a session on diversity and inclusion and how can we create a more inclusive and diverse culture, we had uh, leaders say, why are we even talk about talking about these, this topic? Uh, we have the most diverse and inclusive uh, uh, workforce and I was the only woman in the room. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, Milita, it's, I find really, I don't know if interesting is the word, but Every time that I hear about diversity in a workplace, it's, or in general, I would say, it's either men or women, or uh, LGBTQ, or this black and white, only this uh, binary, so to say, world that apparently we live in. Whereas for me, diversity is way much more than that. Diversity, it talks about backgrounds, culture, uh, points of view ideas, you name it, that's diversity. Recently, I just finished reading this really interesting book called Rebel Ideas from Matthew's side. And there are plenty of examples on how when you bring different or when you have a diverse a team, let's say quite diverse in terms of, again, not only men and women, but in terms of background, in terms of ideas and so on and so forth, the power these teams yeah, can yeah. have. You know what yeah. I mean? And this is exactly what a lot of companies are also battling. I know I talk myself a lot about gender diversity. However, you're right. Diversity is just, you know, a, a thought from a thought standpoint. Are we having uh, really diverse opinions, ideas, which is manifested in different forms, right? So if you have a woman, she brings in different perspective. If you have a person with different sexual orientation, then they have a different perspective. If you have a person from a different culture, they have a different perspective. So at the end of the day, diversity is about diversity of thought, right? Yep, exactly. It's just different avenues that you look at to bring that diversity together. Exactly. And I really like this concept of uh, diversity of thought you just said, Mm -hmm. Milita. And it made me think about this uh, study I recently read, uh, which was conducted for a university in the U.S., which unfortunately I don't remember which university it was. But the thing is, what, what the researchers did was they showed people, so they brought people from the U.S. and people from Mm -hmm. Japan and they show them a fish tank, okay? And then the okay. questions yeah. uh, were around, okay, what do you see? Yeah, in this fish tank. 
And some of the answers were around, for example, for the Americans, they were focusing or mainly the answers were focusing on if the fish was colorful or big or small and you name it. Whereas for the Japanese, it was more on the fish tank itself. So the context, so the bigger picture, not only on the fish. And some of yeah. the conclusions, if I remember correctly, were about, for example, culture-wise, Americans tend to focus more on the individual, yeah. whereas the Japanese, yeah. it's uh, almost the opposite. It's, again, the bigger picture. So I was just thinking after looking at this, after reading this this study, how, again, how powerful it is to have this... And I'm just thinking if we bring this now to our daily jobs in which you could have a team of people, part of it looking into the nitty gritty details and the other one looking into the bigger picture, I think it's fair to say that you could have some sort of a winning formula over here. Exactly. Yeah. Do you always get people who look and it's not even about looking who think like you, right? That's usually the tendency of the group think methodology where you always try to get people who think like you but it takes you to go a lot out of your comfort zone to get somebody or work with somebody who thinks opposite of you but that's not a bad thing that's why we talk about you need diverse teams you need diverse people who can bring in other perspectives and just not think exactly like another person totally and you just mentioned that i think the biggest challenge of it it's getting out of her comfort zone getting out to a place where you will be challenged, you will be, perhaps you will not have a a, a complete understanding of the topic. Uh, Perhaps you will be, I don't know, or the stupidest guy or person in the room, which is also not bad because that means that you are in in a place where you can learn a lot. You're in this green area for you. So... So yeah, diversity, it's key. And it's not only this binary black and white world that we... Yeah. And one thing that a lot of companies are looking at, and I know including Siemens is, uh, as you said, breaking away from just gender diversity, sexual orientation, culture, et cetera, but also looking at different backgrounds, right? So uh, should I get, instead of hiring just engineers, engineers, engineers for a role, which is re- requiring certain skill sets, can I get somebody who's been a teacher or can I get somebody who's an artist, right? That also provides you a lot of diversity, like the diversity of thought, so different professional backgrounds. So I am very happy that the concept of diversity is now evolving to a much larger uh, lens than just you know talking about gender or sexual orientation. Yeah. And it is the right way to do yeah. things. Let me tell you a brief story along these lines, Milita. Back in 2014, when I was working for advertising, I mean, in advertising, I had the chance to go to the Cannes Lion Festival, which is like the Oscars. Yeah, wow. Yeah, for advertising. So, yeah, it was pretty cool, an amazing event. But beyond that, I had the chance to attend a really nice conference from an advertising agency called uh, Densu, which is, uh, it comes from Japan. And what they were talking about, they were showing this business case of a hospital. It was their client. And the issue this hospital had was that, of course, sales were dropping. Uh, Customers, or in this case, patients were unhappy. Uh, The building perhaps was a bit too old and uh, so on and so forth. So the thing is, what what, uh, Densu did was they hired architects. And they hired uh, interior designers, for example, to take care of this. And honestly, it was this really aha moment when it was the first time in my advertising career when I heard agencies hiring or relying in talent uh, beyond exactly beyond marketeers, you know. So that was really interesting. And. That was 2014. And the outcome, I remember they were showing some videos and pictures and some uh, facts and figures. It it was just uh, a complete success, Mm -hmm. you know, because what they did is they brought different uh, backgrounds, different, I mean, people with different backgrounds together, different levels of. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome 
example of breaking the stereotypes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Milita, where do you find your inspiration, your motivation? Where does it come from? Um, I have seen, I have seen my mother uh, going through a lot, right? Not, not having access mm -hmm. to education. My mother did not have access to education. Um, I've seen a lot of women around me um, who don't have the same, um, same access, same privileges. And uh, that's what motivates me. If I could change my, go back in time, change my mother's life, you know, uh, give her the opportunities that were denied to her, um, then her life would have been completely different right now. Um, so that's what motivates me every single day. If I can inspire uh, even a single woman, if I can change um, the way world is perceived today, um, specifically, you know, drive change around women and the opportunities provided to women, um, that, 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 that's why I get up every morning and I'm like, okay, I come back with even more vigor and courage uh, to yeah. do what I do today. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a woman, Milita, but uh, I have to say you already inspired me. So put me on the list. Yeah, put me on the list. <laughs> yes, please. You are an ally. As, as That's a very important concept. You know, we need more allies such as yourself, Rodrigo, because we can't change the world on our own. You're right. So we need more allies and we need more people talking about it as well. Putting the concept uh, on the table for discussion, making uh, yeah your inner and outer cir circle yes. aware of it in your workspace, with yeah. your friends and family. So literally raising the voice. I think that's the only way. Uh, listening to the numbers you gave before that it's going to take us around yeah. another 130 plus years to uh, deal with this issue. Um, of course, we're not going to be able to see mm -hmm. it, at least us in our lifetime. But then when also I when I think about it, uh, I don't yeah. there's definitely an improvement. Yeah, still some way to go. Yeah, exactly. And I want to talk a bit about one concept that we ignore a lot, but we are talking more and more right now about is equity in the topic of diversity, equity and inclusion. So going back to your point, Rodrigo, there are two important things that people like you and I can do, which is, of course, it will not like change the world and bridge the 139 years and make change happen tomorrow, right, to bring about that equality. But what we can do is drive equity. And how do we drive equity? First, by creating awareness, by conversations like this, right? And the second thing is, can we do anything to provide opportunities? Yeah, equity is not equality. Equity is not treating everybody equal, but equity is about providing those opportunities that people need. So for example, in my scenario, through either the Women's Impact Network resource group at Siemens, where we are providing opportunities to women to you know, develop themselves professionally, network with executives, et cetera, et cetera. Or for example, in my running journey, where I'm co-leading a running group called O-Town Blazers to provide a safe space for women to pursue trail running. Actually, it's for everybody, but specifically women for trail running. So these are certain opportunities, Rodrigo, like through your podcast, you are providing this opportunity for my story to be, uh, you know, out there and inspire others. So these are the equity piece of it is extremely essential that people like you and me can drive a lot of change with by providing those opportunities. You know what, for, for just for all of our listeners right now. So the, the platform Milita and I are using <laughs> for recording this podcast has this video feature and then. I'm looking at you, Milita, and the passion and the passion you're putting or you have about this topic, I can feel it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, and, and it's a key element, Milita, because for this kind of topics, which are not uh, easy topics, you have to have this passion. You have to have this conviction of, okay, I want to do something. I want to change something. I want to put my yeah, uh, grain of sand. And as you said, what motivates me, what inspires me, it's the passion. And it's my hope 
that it can change even one person's life and bring light to even one person and inspires their journey that's that's more than enough i'm not looking to bring about change and close the gender gap gap <laughs> right yeah. now, but it, whatever i can do in my own humble way that motivates me there's this uh, really great book as well i can only recommend it it's called atomic habits from james clear in which yeah. there's this yeah. concept you know about how you can change your life in this case by doing this 1% of something every single day and just bringing yes. this concept to our example is this is what it's all about that we all do our 1% each day to create this and make a difference call it through this podcast call it through your uh, running yeah, club yeah. milita it's a, it's literally a drop on the ocean but it is changing things and you get 1% closer to your goal uh, it's absolutely the best way you described it yeah i know milita because you told me that uh, within your yeah running community you're you're actually doing some efforts to reach this 1% every day so before you explain to us what is it all about what is it that you're doing in this regard I want to ask you what brought you to this runner's world. So several reasons around it, right? Firstly, um, my mother, she's currently paralyzed. Um she can't walk. Um uh and uh, she became obese and uh, really um like had several issues in her body um uh physically because she did not have um a safe place to even go out for a walk the community that i grew up in was kind of a slum area so she never had a safe space to go and walk outside she used to be only at home sitting all day long she's a, a tutor so she used to do uh, tuitions from home and all day long just sitting 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 and the way her body is made she she became really big and then she had several issues and now she's paralyzed she can't even walk um i have seen that and i have really gone through a lot of trauma you know mentally because of that um then uh, but i have been having a very active life since i moved to us before i moved to us i didn't even own a pair of running shoes growing up we didn't have access uh, right but when i moved to the us um after i moved to the us um i didn't have a job because of visa restrictions um so for a year i i didn't know what to do with my life yeah and i put on 40 pounds of weight uh during that time with depression and everything and then i suddenly realized through the help of my friends that my life is going nowhere i have put on so much of weight and i might end up where my you know how my mother is right now especially because it's my dna so i started running i started running a kilometer 2 kilometers and that's how i got into running because of um a weight uh, like a workout to lose weight yeah but i didn't think about running as passionately like i do right now and then job happened i did my mba i put together my life again traveled a lot with siemens uh, didn't think about running much then covid hit in 2020 got into mental depression and with everything that was happening into the world and that's when my one of my friends she's also a woman of color she founded a trail running club called o town blazers she reached out to me and she said hey do you want to run with me that's how i started running with her in 2021 and i just felt like my life has found new meaning and how could i not think about this and just pursuing trail running being inside within nature uh, just being with myself reflecting and uh, yeah and uh, i i started running since like seriously since 2021 and have never looked back since then have done marathons i'm now an ultra runner have done uh, four ultra marathons since november training for my first 100 km race in two weeks on march 19th but i just found that true passion and also as i keep going back to the fact in my weakest times you know i feel strong when i'm running that's one aspect why i run and the second thing is the community itself the change we are driving in community trying to encourage more women to run having these men as allies who run with us to provide us a safe space you know just pulling each other together you're a runner yourself you know you know 
and we leave nobody behind, which is so much different from my workplace. Yeah, at times workplace becomes a rat race for progression, progression, progression. But here there is nobody cares if you're a slow runner, if you're a fast runner. Yeah. What's your religion? What's your culture? We are all runners. That's mm-hmm. our religion. That's our culture. We uplift each other. We run together, and all we want to do is ensure that everybody everybody has a fun and safe time and everybody achieves their goals so yeah yeah this is really nice what you're saying milita and, and actually i never thought about it this way you know um, as you said i'm also runner and now now that you said so i'm just thinking of all the times that i run with different people uh, friends and groups for example i have a, a really nice group here in munich uh, big shout out to the munich uh, running club that i really enjoy running with and usually when you're with this people it's i mean it's people that pushes you you know to to become a better runner to improve your technique uh, you name it so in a nutshell so people that pushes you to become a better version of yourself and this is something really nice uh, something that i really enjoy and in addition to this milita you know that uh, i'm training right now for doing the paris marathon in april And I'm doing this with a really good friend of mine, Lucas, which, by the way, big shout out to Lucas. Um, So while we are training, usually on Sundays, we use the time to talk about so many different topics. You know, I mean, life in general, uh, the last book or the book we're reading right now, or to talk about uh, how to do, So I mean, to learn from each other. And and this is really nice, you know, and uh, I think that's also the yeah yeah and that's amazing right and that's the other thing the 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 share, the stories we share yeah ultra marathons when we are doing races for like 16 hours 15 hours you find literally a random runner you've <laughs> never met and you just start talking to them about your journey exactly what inspired them what inspired you and you yeah. learn so much from each other it's it's just amazing the people i've met also on this running yeah and Milita, so what is exactly an ultra marathon? I mean, of course, I heard about it, but uh, yeah. what is it exactly? So any so an ultra marathon is basically any any distance which is beyond a marathon. So anything yeah. which is beyond twenty six point two miles okay. is classified as an ultra marathon. So you can have multiple distance distances. You can have usually it starts with a fifty kilometer. Uh, which is around 31 miles uh-huh. and then it goes there are people who have done 300 miles of races etc wow. etc et yeah uh, harvey lewis recently broke the record of uh, running the longest distance 370 miles or something wow backyard okay ultra uh, so yeah it could be um, a duration so a 16 hour race or it could be a distance such as a 50 kilometer race i have done uh, i think four ultras so far which has my longest distance has been 45 miles that I did on Feb 5th. Um, and I'm training for 100 kilometer, which is 62 miles. And these these okay. races are usually, ultra races are usually in the trails, uh, which is another form of running, not on pavement, but in the trail, in, in a jungle or in a forest or something like that, uh-huh. because it's easier on your feet. Usually if you're on the road, you can't really run that much and it's much much nicer to run inside a trail yeah. as well. So that, that's like, and there could be various forms of ultra running. Yeah. Okay. And do you do it, let's say, on in one shot? So meaning, you know, it's it's nonstop or? Yeah, so it depends. Um, uh, so you do have aid stations, as you might know, uh, right? When you take a break, you fuel, but it's usually nonstop. The max break that you take is maybe five minutes or so mm-hmm. um or what i have taken right i can talk from my experience because you usually have a cutoff time to finish the race so you have to plan your pace accordingly and the breaks are smaller you don't take two hours break and then run again you usually take a five minute to ten minute break and then you're running again yeah mm-hmm. okay and what goes through your mind, Milita, when you're running these distances? So what, what do you tell yourself? So I, uh, I'm an extremely competitive person. Yeah, that's how I was brought up. Compete against men, compete against this, compete against that. That's how the, basically I was brought up. And mm-hmm. I always tell myself that come what may, do not give up. 
right? I mean, even if you have to crawl to the finish line, yeah, <laughs> crawl because there, there is no no way you are giving up without getting to the finish line. Uh, that that's basically what I just keep telling myself. And uh, of course, it always helps to say, "Oh, there's beer at the end of the finish line and food, and I get to eat." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff, uh, but jokes apart, um, it's usually telling your brain that. Uh, you know the, the pain is there you you endure the pain and you just yeah of course i mean pain you cannot avoid and, and yeah and it also helps to break the journey that's what i do i don't look uh, think about oh i have to run 45 miles i usually say to myself get to the next aid station so run five miles the next aid station is at five miles just break break it into those chunks the moment you say to yourself oh my gosh i have to do a 45 mile you're done so yeah. usually one strategy we use is breaking the journey into chunks and just from one place to the other to the other to the other and you know in separate some sub components of the journey the longer journey you know it's funny that you said so milita because actually the last episode of the podcast was with jonas deichmann and jonas what he did was he did this world uh, world triathlon yeah and then the running part of it he did it in Mexico. So basically what he did, he crossed from north to south, the whole country running. Almost, if I remember correctly, almost a bit more than a marathon each day. Yeah. And then when I asked him, hey, so what was in your mind when you were running from one place to the other? And his answer was the best thing I've heard in so, in, in so long, which was, I was thinking that I should run from taco to taco. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it's <laughs> the best. The best it is yeah. the best quote I've ever heard. Yeah. And yeah, the best one. And if it involves tacos, yeah. even better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and the motivation to not give up is also going back to the fact that you are trying to inspire other women, right? Yeah. Uh, when I'm at these ultra races, mostly, um, I'm usually the only woman of color. It's it's sad to say okay. that I'm usually the only woman of color or the only woman of my ethnicity most most of the times. Um, and I have dared to get to the start line. If I get to the finish line, then I would possibly inspire other women to dare that to dream something that they can achieve a hundred kilometer or a hundred mile race and maybe, uh, you know, do it in the future. So that also keeps me going. I tell myself, if I get to the finish line, possibly I will pave the way and inspire mm -hmm. other women who are like me, you know, or women of color to, to pursue something like this. Like that's why my handle in IG is ordinary runner. I am not extraordinary. I literally started running at the age of 36. Yeah. I didn't, I was not an athlete since 19 or 20 years old, but that's what my story is. An ordinary person like me can achieve these goals, then anybody can achieve these goals. And that's mm -hmm. important, you know, for me to know and think about it. I think Milita, that's where the magic happens, isn't it? When you realize the power you have within your reach to actually do whatever you want to do. It's all about putting yeah. that seed in right putting that seed in your head and say i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and then literally take the first step exactly exactly whatever you're passionate about whatever you love to do it could be biking it could be walking anything it it's just amazing yesterday i received the text and at times i don't realize myself what i'm doing right i i do it and i have my mission but i'm like okay i'm doing it Yesterday, um, as you uh, saw, I ran a half marathon and I never a trail half marathon. And I've, I've been training only for my 100K. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even focusing on any races, but I ran it and I came second overall female. And I was super surprised, super. Then I got a text from my friend, Loveland, and she's like, do you realize you're paving the way for women? <laughs> you <laughs> nice. know, because the trail was only white people. <laughs> yeah. And I was one of the, 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 the colored person standing up on the podium uh -huh. and she's like did you realize and then she published it everywhere and i was like holy crap <laughs> even that was like an epiphany for me yeah. that yes <laughs> i mean it's 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 the community around you that inspires you and tells you that okay what you're doing is not small because you can you can achieve a lot 
Totally. And, and also, it's interesting, Milita, because you said that you didn't realize what happened until somebody told you, right? I mean, your friend told you. So what yeah, I want to say exactly. here is also, it's really important to think about who do we want to surround, our, surround ourselves with? So what kind of people do we want to have around? So what kind of people, using our previous analogy of running and having people that pushes you, if we want to have around us the people that really is going to push us and give us these nice recommendations on how to be better? Or do you want to surround yourself with people that perhaps are just going to be pulling you backwards or stopping you from achieving or always saying, uh, no, you cannot do this or are you crazy and so on and so forth? Yeah, yeah. I've been really blessed. My husband is a super supportive man and my biggest cheerleader. And it's imperative to have those people. I, I don't want people to think that, okay, she's her life has been easy and she's got everything. There are a lot of people around me who've made those sacrifices as well. My husband, for example, he drives me two hours to a race, stays there, comes back, drives me back because he knows I'll be shattered. I can't drive back, you know. So he's made a lot of sacrifices and he's my biggest ally. Mm -hmm. And we need more people like him, just not men, friends like Loveland, who are allies and you surround yourself with those allies who help you achieve your goals and push your limits. Yeah. So absolutely, I've been really blessed to have allies such as such as my friends mm -hmm. and my husband. Um, Milita, what has been the biggest piece of advice you've ever been? Yeah. <laughs> um, don't be afraid of rejections. There, And I got this actually literally yesterday. Okay. <laughs> and it stuck with me. And I think it's one of the best advices I've received. Um, I'm going to be a bit, become a bit vulnerable on this topic here. Um, growing up, Although, like, my dad was amazing. He gave me everything. Uh, you know, like, you in the Indian society, you always want male children, you know? Uh, so my dad also, actually, when I was being born, he was not in the hospital with my mother. He was actually sitting at the astrologer and asking the astrologer, do you think I'll have a boy child or do you think I'll have a girl child? And my dad desperately wanted uh, a son, just like everybody else. But then I was born as I was the younger one in the family. I was born as a girl child. And my dad brought me up saying, you got to be the son of the family. Yeah. And he always in the back of his mind had this regret that, um, you know, you're not a son. I wish I had a son. Um, and that made me feel rejected since I was a child. I, and I have this insane failure of rejection. Yeah, that's why I'm so competitive as well, you know, because I got to win against a man. I got to win against everything. And um, now as I'm growing up, I feel and I'm seeing different perspectives of life. And we talk about failure, whether in business, whether in running, you know, you might not finish a race. You might not get the promotion. You might not get the job you were looking for, but that's OK. You learn from it and you move on. And recently, a mentor of mine yesterday, actually, day before told me this, Melita, do not fear rejection. Something happened. So he was like, do not fear rejection. You might have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your Prince Charming. I say that analogy in the form of jobs. You might have yeah. to uh, interview for a lot of jobs till you get the best promotion that you're looking for. But don't let those rejections boggle you down. In the same way in running, if you are not finishing a race, that doesn't mean you're not a good runner or you're not a runner and you should never go into a race again. You just learn from it and then apply and make sure you come back stronger. So I think that's been, I'm still learning it because it's so ingrained in me, the fear of rejection, uh, but I'm still, you know, I think I need to really work on it. And not only, and first of all, thank you, Melita, for sharing this personal uh, insights. And also, I'm going to use the time to share uh, briefly a bit of mine, you know, because I'm also going through this process because it's, yeah, uh, actually this podcast itself has helped me to overcome this barrier, you know, because I was also, when I was younger, I was really afraid of failure, you know, really afraid of saying, what is people going to think about me? Uh, so literally in my head was always this negative perception of myself in the eyes of the others. 
And of course, this is an ongoing process. This is something I personally am still working on. But if I look back and I see myself now and I see the improvements, I can totally say that I'm completely satisfied with my results so far. But it's not exactly. But see, I'm glad you said that because it's normalizing failure. I don't think when you and I were growing up, failure was normalized like that. So whether it's it's um, uh, it's failing in class or failing wherever, failure was normal, not normalized, at least when I was growing up. Yeah. But now I see as a society, we are normalizing failure more. And especially as a woman, you know, there is also a quotation, there is a, a great TED talk which says, men are raised to be brave, women are uh, raised to be perfect. Yeah, there's a TED talk around this, where also the social stigma around women have to be proper and women have to do everything perfectly while a man can be courageous and everything. So it's overall society normalizing failure and even more normalizing failure for women as well, right? I think there is a deeper undertone that the society now is um, kind of seeing failure in a different way, seeing rejection in a different way that wasn't in the past. So I'm glad to see that things are changing. I could not agree more, Milita. Yeah, so I'm also quite happy things are changing. Things are also, as you said, failure is becoming yeah, part of the discussion, part of the conversation. And yeah, I think for me, it's, it's one of the only ways you literally can learn. If you don't dare to fail, then you're just living in your comfort zone. You're not giving yourself the chance to explore, to go beyond your capabilities or what you think you're capable of, which is also something to keep in mind. So, yeah, cannot agree with you more. And I have another question for you, Milita. So what would you tell today to, let's say, the 15-year-old Milita? What piece of advice would you give her? It's okay to be you. It's appreciate the person you are. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the, there is a reason. And you actually made me think about this. I never ever, <laughs> this is literally you putting me on the spot. Okay. Um, I was also criticized a lot for the way I look. So I know the listeners can't see how I look, but I'm a, a tiny, um, dark skinned lady. Um, in India, um, white skin is appreciated way more. So if you're born a woman with dark skin color, um, you are kind of portrayed as uh, not beautiful and ugly, and you will never get uh, married because no man would want to get married to you. So dark skin color is usually a connotation of ugliness and lack of beauty in, in the culture. So growing up, the other feeling that I always got was that I'm not beautiful. I'm such an ugly person. So I have to focus on my studies a lot because the only way I can shine in the world is by, you know, excelling in my education and my studies. And it's very uh, bad. It's sad thing to say uh, uh, because um, somehow my family and the society I grew up in instilled this feeling in me that uh, you are you're such an ugly person because of your skin color. Yeah. Uh, and I grew up with a lot of inferiority complex, the the urge to like very mad at the world, you know, and angry that why don't I have a prettier skin color uh, or be like, you know, a beautiful child. Um, and with a lot of like um, shame in me. Um, and I, I would tell myself, like now that I look back, and I, I love my skin color and I love who I am, right? The person I, I am. But I wish I could take away that hurt from that little child who grew up, especially as a teenager, thinking she's ugly, ugly. She doesn't belong in this world and nobody wants her, you know? So, yeah, I just want to tell her you're beautiful. Be you. You're amazing the way you are. Yeah. This is such a powerful message, Milita. Be you. Yeah. Just yeah, be you. Yeah, you are the best version of yourself. Of course, aspire to be the best version of yourself and yes. continuously work on yourself. Uh, but yeah, you you are your unique 
yes thing in itself god created you unique appreciate it mm. i agree with you milita completely so um yeah be you that's the message always always be you unfortunately milita we're coming closer to the end of our episode today but before finishing i do want to ask you what are your top three mental tools you would recommend our listeners to always keep in mind to always use believe in yourself i think that's the biggest thing um if you don't believe in yourself nobody can instill that belief uh, you can go to as much therapy you want you can go to as many friends or anything i think believing in yourself is extremely essential yeah i i don't know three tools but i would say that's the first thing you you have the the power to do whatever you want to yeah so believe in yourself believe in your goal believe in your passion believe what you stand for believe in your values that's all you need that mental strength that i've got from running actually that mental strength to do whatever you want to be in this world and mm-hmm. the world is your oyster you can you can get whatever you want and you can be or yeah whatever you want be yourself just be, be yourself. yourself exactly yes look at yourself in the mirror every morning and say i'm going to be the best version of myself today that's all you need to do there you go everyone what a great piece of advice milita thank you so much always every single morning let's let's do that let's look ourselves in the mirror and then say today i'm going to be the best version of myself and um i can only say now milita thank you so much for being here with us today for sharing your thoughts for sharing your insights your experience your anecdotes it was a pleasure i learned so much from you and thank you so much awesome awesome thank you so much rodrigo for doing this for sharing these stories stories are really powerful um and can change people's lives so uh, thank you for taking the time and uh, having this conversation with me and keep rocking you're a rock star and good luck with your <laughs> paris marathon Thanks. i want to hear all about it thank you so much milita and of course i will let you know as soon as it happens i will send you some pictures And in the meantime, thank you everyone. See you next time. Ciao. Talk soon. Bye Rodrigo. Bye everybody. Into cold water.